Today's lesson is called freeing the hip joints while holding the legs. And um, for this lesson, you need to lie on your back. We'll do a scanning in a moment. Um, I wanted to mention that um, this lesson explores the relation of the movement of the legs and the spine, you know, the pelvis and the lumbar area. And it relies on the constraint of holding on to the leg. So that's an important piece of the puzzle. Um, you don't want to be moving the leg on its own, but you want to really make contact with your hands, as will be described in the lesson in a moment. Feel free to take rests at any moment. And... If I suggest rests on your back, if you are uncomfortable on your back, you can always rest on your side. Okay, hear the recording from class. And as you follow a couple of cycles of your breathing, connecting with yourself, this is engagement that is really with yourself in the simplest of ways, which is not doing, just being. Bring your attention to your contact with the floor. And how you experience support in areas where you know, since we're on the ground, observing the support of the ground, how the ground meets you, how you meet the ground, and that exchange that involves sensations And you put your own words to your sensations, or as I often prepare, prefer, maybe the realm of sensation is a wordless realm. We put words, but also there are, there's so much more there sometimes in how we sense our bodies, even in the simplest of ways. Observe what areas where resting happens naturally, or areas where you're still transitioning from, from this morning, from your morning class, or your standing, or your seating, or other ways in which you were to lying on your back. Now, if you were to observe the areas of you that might feel heavier on the ground or more in contact with the ground, you have a sense of what, what those areas are for you.
Take a moment to make some distinctions. Let's simply observe your right leg, how it rests from the foot, from the resting of the foot to the back of the hip joint, to basically the, the right side of your pelvis. So that if you were working, you were resting in sand, it was some very particular shape and printing that you would be leaving on the sand. And then switch your attention to the left leg. How your left leg rests. And how does this leg understand support, perhaps differently? Different interaction with the ground, maybe. Even if the tiny gestures of being a little more rolled out to the side or less rolled out. Or the expression of the bending in the ankle. The space behind the knee. And if you even thought of moving, is there a leg that you feel more kind of connected to? Like you, you had to say, oh, lift the leg, don't do it. But is there a sense of a leg that feels kind of, that you have more access to, more available? Or no, or both feel the same. And within going back and forth between the two legs, are there areas that are easier to sense? that your, your attention is drawn towards. And observe now how the pelvis rests, where is the bulk of the weight of your pelvis. And if there is any sense of any areas of the pelvis feeling heavier, or simply contacting the floor in a different way. And then, is there any hint of your breath in your belly area? Any hint of breath even in the lumbar area? And as you move your attention upwards, let's say from your tailbone upwards throughout the spine, you know, sensing your spine and the areas that move away from the ground, just the low back area, maybe even connecting to just what does the musculature around this area feels on the left side, on the right side. And you see curvature, what is the apex of this curvature of the Low back like, lower back like. 
And as you continue moving your attention, which is that area of the lower ribs, is there a hint of your breathing here? That lower, that in-between portion. In all the region of your chest, your upper back, sensing how the upper back connects to the ground, the right side, the left side, and purposely go to one side first to observe what these sides feel like, and then switch your attention to the other side. And you make any distinctions in how each side connects to the ground. And maybe the space between each shoulder and the ground. If you were to have, again, sand, how much sand would you need under your right shoulder comparing to the left? How much sun would you need under your neck to create a well-suited pillow, neck pillow under the neck? And maybe from the base of the neck, or where or even where the t-shirt line in some of you is, if you spread your attention to one arm, sensing one arm as it rests, as it feels, the length or the weight, or its position in space. And then the other arm. Where's the bulk of the weight of your head? How is your head resting? And is there any orientation of your head that you can detect, either by your nose or your chin or your eyes even, pointing a little bit more towards the right or towards the left? Or slightly up or slightly down? Yeah, roll the head a little bit towards one side and the other. And we had talked about this idea of ease or finding ease, working only within the ease, the range of ease. And maybe one of the, the elements of this could be to think a movement that starts with not hesitation, 
or no preparation. So that, you know, sometimes range we have, I guess as dancers, we'll have certain range <laughs> we manage to have or a certain, you know, ability to roll the head. So for us in this case, it's this fine tuning of um, observing this kind of, that's one sign needs less preparation, less hesitation. And if today, at this very moment, you feel reluctant to roll the head, just imagine. If, if because of the computer, because of something else, you feel like, I don't, the rolling is not happening today. Um, just imagine this movement. And then come to the middle and take a moment. Now, please bring your, your feet to standing. If you want to be very nice to your low back, you let the leg roll to the side and go one leg at a time. If you have been experiencing any low back pain, there's a little easier way to go about bringing your feet to standing. Great. And your feet are standing, your knees are pointing towards the ceiling. So, so with your feet standing, your knees pointing towards the ceiling, now float a knee up towards your chest. Bring one knee towards your chest and then interlace your hands so that you hold your leg just underneath the patella. That's it. And bend the other leg, stand your right foot. Yeah, if, if comfortable. Stand it, that's it, excellent. So your right foot standing, sorry, which, which leg are we doing? Everybody has a different leg, but it's, it doesn't matter. Keep the leg you have there, <laughs> it's fine. So gradually bring that knee a little closer to your chest and then away. So the movement is a two-part movement, is bringing it a little closer to your chest and a little away. And in this way would be to find the easiest trajectory for your knee to move slightly a little more towards your chest. So no forcing. It's, um, you know, the no pain, no gain. This is the opposite. Pain, no gain. So... You explore bringing the knee a little bit towards your chest. And maybe this is a movement that is towards your chest and a little bit to the outside, or a zigzag way of going about it. Make it gentle, pleasant. And observe what kind of pairing have you done with your breath. Are you inhaling? Are you exhaling as you bring the knee towards the chest? And maybe if you could go at half of the pace, Sang, that you're going now, like if you were to make it even slower, the movement. 
so that you have a moment that is a moment of nothing. It's almost like a pause, a silence between two notes or where you start again the movement. So there's no residual tension. Excellent. And then start to make a little circle with that knee. And make a circle in such a way that this circle happens just as they so small. It's almost like a wristwatch type of circle so that you just feel it on the hip joint. And then you reverse the circle. It's kind of interesting here to see, you know, the circle is circular. And maybe that we're often more, at least I talk for myself, but I often, you know, think of my hip joint more at the front. But it's nice to, because of the contact of the floor, to kind of sense the, the hip joint in the back. It's also a nice little movement connecting to the back. And lovely. Yes, yeah, some of you are kind of reversing it, the circle. You can be very... Um, playful with the reversing so you don't have to complete three repetitions and then reverse three but free yourself from you know that kind of way of thinking just like you can reverse any time be a little more random with the exploration excellent and then lower your foot let it land softly on the ground See how does his foot stand? How does his leg feel? Again, a moment of nothing, of observing how your yourself, your organism responds to this the exploration you're doing. So where you are, interlace your hands, like just in front of your chest or in front of your belly. Hold your hands, interlace, and observe which thumb is on top. And then gently and just disconnect your hands for a moment and interlace your hands so that the other thumb is on top. And in a way, you know, this is a very simple, maybe you've done it before, example of habitual, you know, a habitual way of moving, something that we, is kind of very readily available in our repertory, and maybe a movement that we have done less, we have a pattern or a, Even it, yes, it's a neuro, neuro pathway, really, neuromuscular pathway that we have transited less. The familiarity of one and then maybe the unfamiliarity of the other. So we're going to explore alternating. So when we're talking about little, this unlearning that I titled the course Unlearning, also trying to 
not that to reject the familiar ways, but also to make space for other ways. So familiar ways of moving are great. They're super reliable and they have a beautiful history is what we formed. And just to bring kind of opening, leave the door ajar for other possibilities. So as you bring your, your leg again, the same leg, we continue working. If you are new to the class, we continue working with the same leg for a little while. The same leg, interlace your hands in the non-habitual way for you and hold your leg just in that area below the patella where you tend to kneel, that area where we kneel. And if you feel like you need the hands underneath because you need a little space or for some knee issues, um, I think Reed was the other leg you were working with. Yeah, great. So if there is a reason for your hands to be underneath, like kind of sandwich it, uh, keep that. If you don't need to do that, just bring them on top. Yeah, there you go. And so once more, bringing the knee towards you and explore a little bit the, the breathing, pairing. Do you exhale? Do you inhale? Is there a difference? And as you continue exploring this, bringing the knee towards your chest, Observe what parts of your spine might be moving towards the ground. You can try once with the exhalation, once with the inhalation. And then what is moving towards the ground? Sort of what is perhaps even lengthening to facilitate this movement of the knee towards the chest? So very different from modalities where you're asked to keep the pelvis square. Yeah, and you expect all from to happen at the hip joint. It's allowing the movement of the pelvis to invite the lengthening of the lumbar. Mm, great. And now leave your right hand where it is, or your left hand. If you're holding your right leg, leave your right hand at the knee and bring your left hand to your ankle. And if you're holding your left leg, leave your left hand on the knee and get hold of your ankle with your right hand. That's it. Yeah. And a little from above. So let leave Marie, let the, the leg be bent, and you just from above get hold of your leg. That's, yeah. Great. And open a little bit the knee to the to the side so that the knee moves to the side a little bit and the foot comes towards the inside, towards the midline, and then return. You bring the knee a little bit to the outside gently as you bring the foot towards the inside. It's kind of the oppositional movement. Something moves to the outside, something moves to the inside. And can you emphasize both, that the knee moving out? And as I see for all the people I can see here, I see come sort of an arc motion. So that the knee, as it moves out, it also kind of moves away from the chest. 
And as you bring it in, it returns to that. And allow for that to be a little kind of messier in the sense like if you can roll the pelvis and square the pelvis to the side. Yeah, beautiful. And we'll let it be movement. Yeah. Let it be about, yeah. Excellent. And then reverse the hands. So the other hand is on the knee. And the other hand is on the ankle, sorry, because every, some people have different legs. So that's why I sound a little big, but I'm watching you. <laughs> and this is a much more modest, I say, always at the beginning, because now you're going to move the knee inwards a little bit. As you move the foot outwards, and it's very gentle. Then maybe as you explore bringing the knee inwards, your knee moves also a bit away from the chest. So a little more humble movement, especially have a lot of people with and they or training. <laughs> Here's like, oh my God, I have to return in. I don't know, maybe you find it easier. I found it hard the first time I did it. And allowing maybe a little shift in the pelvis so that the pelvis can roll a little bit in the opposite direction. And when you we're rolling out. And then combining, alternating. So you open the leg to the outside and you roll a little bit to the side. And let really the, the arms be almost like ropes. Sometimes you use them and sometimes it's help you to lengthen a bit. The arm, beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, let it change as you want it. So it's your, it becomes yours in the sense of, I think the grip is important because then you're releasing the hip. So the more you want to release the hip, the more, you know, you really trust the grip of your hands and excellent. And then take a, take a break, bring the foot down and even lengthen your legs to take a moment to observe your contact with the floor. And just your, your response to your doing. What is the response of your breath? Your musculature. And something feels different between the one side and the other. 
length, texture. Bringing once more your feet to standing. If you want an easier way for your low back, you go one leg at a time. It's a little more gentle than both together. And we continue with the same leg. And guys who joined today, I explained on the first class that the left side of your brain governs the right side, and the right side of your brain governs the left side. We're really purposely working with one side at a time. Also to invite a contrast to know, because we also get habituated to tension, yeah? So learning how to do less or how to, you know, diminish my anxiety, put that also in the context of tilting our nervous system towards the parasympathetic, being more calm with what we have to do and calm so we can do what we want to do. Um, that we need some sort of reference. We need to know, make some distinctions. So to purposely provoke a contrast helps our nervous system, our brain to register, oh, wait a minute. This maybe feels a little more easeful or lighter or I don't know, any other word that might suit your sense of um, well-being, more grounded, or any words that suit your experience is more difficult. If we were alternating, sometimes like we do in dance, yeah, we are alternating size a lot, we don't get to experience, you know, so much differences. That's not to say it's a bad thing for, for certain trainings. I'm just saying this is very different in the sense of it's a different type of learning. Well, we want to talk to the less conscious aspects of our life, our heartbeat, our breathing, our... digestive system. So all this sort of like orchestra, the orchestra that kind of is a backstage maybe, <laughs> the backstage area of our lives, all these things that if they are running and they are well, we are, we are well. <laughs> so bring the same leg towards your chest. Same leg, so I think, Marie, that was your left leg maybe before, yeah. And this time, bring your, your left hand behind your head. 
right yeah and bring the elbow towards the ceiling and then explore what it would be like to bring the knee towards the chest as you bring the elbow towards the knee a folding a lifting of the head and then undo that and purposely direct the elbow towards the knee rather than the head towards the knee, the elbow towards the knee. Yes, yes. And explore what it's like to exhale. That helps to sound a bit more pressing on the floor. What would you press rather than where would you lift, but what would you press? for this movement to emerge. And if today lifting the head is now, forget it. Just imagine the movement, okay? As you um, come down, please open the elbow and maybe relax a little bit the arm. So again, we pause between each movement. So there is no residual tension. And then you try it again. We'll be accessing that pressing place, that middle, somewhere in the middle of you, a little sooner, almost like the exhalation. Would that be helpful? Great. And then switch your hands. Switch your hands. Now the right hand is behind you and explore the same thing, the elbow towards the ceiling and bringing the elbow and the knee towards each other. And lower and rest. You might be, he might not be supposed to be restorative and <laughs> it looks like a crunch, yeah. <laughs> if like in the most restorative way possible, we think of, yeah, pressing, opening the back, using this movement really more for opening your back than anything else. And lovely, yes, the elbow, the head can turn. Very different connection, yeah, with one arm and the other, a different part of the back opens. Beautiful. And then take a rest. Lower your leg, take a moment of nothing. As you observe your breath, just maybe bring your attention to your exhalation. Some of you have your hands on your chest or on your belly. So whatever your hands are, kind of observing that variation of the height of your hands without forcing anything. If your hands are not moving, it's fine. Just And maybe observing the back, that place 
what, what breathing takes place towards the floor? Either in the lower abdomen, mostly yielding. And if you decided, yeah, to rest with your legs long, um, observe how is the length of one side feel like? What is the contact of the leg you were working with like comparing to the other? Is any sense, any change in the musculature around the, the low back? So... Yeah, gradually, let's bring the feet to standing. Once you've rested enough, and you can always linger, so you, you feel free to work at a different pace, rest longer, and also do longer, as long as you feel you can pay attention to yourself. And... I tend to emphasize the do less with us dancers because I think, I don't know you, but I, I always tended to do more. <laughs> or something like, you know, I always tended to, which serve its purpose in a way, but also in, to, to go into, to, to restore the nervous system is, is, is good to go towards the doing less. <clears throat> to know both ways. And then bring your, your feet are standing and now bring your other leg towards your chest. So new leg and yes, um, entrelace your hands so they're you know just below the patella, that area where you kneel. And then explore bringing very gently what will be with this do less approach. So maybe that extra effort, or even if it feels minimal, but the extra effort kind of does not let us sense, you know, an easier pathway. So bringing the knee towards the chest. And if you have any issues, you know, I started this work because I had a labral tear, a hip labral tear. So if you happen to have one, you know, um, just go do less. And make sure you're not folding too much. Or if you have even pain in your hip, make sure you're not overdoing the folding. And just a gentle, pleasant, maybe it's a little more to the left, maybe still inwardly. And if it feels too precious to think, you know, what is the easiest pathways? Who knows? Yeah. So then if it feels like too abstract for you, 
and just simply explore, moving a little bit to the right or to the left, and see, and then through exploring a couple of ways, what suits you best. Excellent. And exploring a little circle. Somewhere, let's say, defining a little circumference of a wristwatch. So that it's a, a small circle, so that you're not inviting the pelvis to move. You reverse a little bit. Kind of nice for your arms. Sometimes they're a little active when you bring your knee towards your chest. And sometimes the arms deactivate a little bit. They get lengthened by your, your knee, your leg. Great. And if both hands... Uh, can be, yeah, Rika, I somehow in the frame, I can't see if you have the hands, but um, you do have, yeah, the hands on the knee. Yeah, great. Okay. And then gradually make the circle a little bigger so that the pelvis becomes involved. It's almost like you have a plate, <laughs> you know, that you move around and you bring weight and the lumbar spine responds to the pulling of the knee away from you. So really disinhibiting the pelvis. It's almost like, again, having that dialogue between your leg and your lumbar. And you often see babies grabbing a leg and moving it around, like, like, like all sort of like this kind of belongs a bit to the, I call it baby repertory. It's like the, the earliest repertory we have. <clears throat> yeah, randomize it. If it feels good to you, just kind of, oh, this direction, that direction. Gentle. And take a pause, bring your foot down and rest.
Gradually bring your feet to standing. In these practices, you might have noticed already, we have this practice of augmented rest. Yeah, we slow down movement. And also we have this practice of augmented rest. Resting between each movement or passing between each movement and resting, you know, several times as we do the lesson. This is, a, again, a way to have that dialogue with your nervous system to see how you're doing affects your being. And, and it's a kind of a, a lovely dialogue that sometimes, you know, we cannot do all day long, but to have those pockets of time. And also it's helpful since you are probably, you know, exposed to so much material right now um, to not skip your sleep, to actually honor your sleep and your rest during this difficult time in general, in the world, but also um, as you are, you know, have to get all that reading done or to honor your rest and your sleep um, because in a way you solidify your learning and it's almost a cleansing for the brain. <laughs> This the vacuum cleaning of the brain happens during sleep. So, so bringing this same other leg towards your chest, and we're going to explore. Yeah, have um, if you have your left leg towards your chest, leave your left hand where it is and slide the other hand towards your ankle. And that's not your relative ankle. I can never pronounce it correctly, uh, but you all got it. Yeah. <laughs> And if you have your right hand, you got it. You have the right hand on the knee and the left hand. Excellent. And here, explore, bring the knee towards the outside a little bit as you bring the foot towards the inside. And this is kind of an interesting thing of how, you know, how poor language is in the sense that, you know, bring the knee towards the outside comprises so much of our, what happens in the pelvis, what happens with the foot, what happens even in the upper back. So how a movement, almost like a, a pebble in the water. So all these ripples. And see what you do with your breath. And would you diminish kind of any striving or any so that you are with, with the movement in a simple, pleasant way for you, whatever that is for you. I was describing the arc I'm seeing you do so that in leg to the side is really like that movement becomes an arc. 
And the leg moves away from your chest a little bit and towards your chest. And then switch your hands. And exploring the inward motion. How, you know, this is like a no-no, there's no way. You know, back up a bit. And explore what it's like to send the leg away from your chest as you bring, invite the inward motion. And don't expect, this is just can be very, very minimal. And perhaps again, like a ripple, inviting a shift of weight on the pelvis and squaring the pelvis, even your chest. Your chest might shorten on one side a little more. It's a natural, a little hiking of the hip that is natural in this movement. And you alternate, you just do it your own rhythm of opening and rolling a little bit, even on your side, and then switch hands to move the knee towards the midline. This conversation And even pulling, you know, when the knee moves away from your chest, it can be a nice lengthening for your shoulder. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, thank you. I've been holding your leg, and now it's like the movement of the leg. Maybe it's a conversation, times where your leg is active and the arm gets lengthened. And when that happens, maybe... Connects a bit, Rika, Reed, and the guys who were on Wednesday to the to the arching of the neck a bit. And for all of you, as you pull the knee away, let the neck and the eyes, let the neck arch a bit. And take a pause. <clears throat> Observing your breath. Is any difference about the way you're breathing? Now the sensing of your legs, your contact with the ground.
slowly on your, your own way of bringing yourself back to having the feet standing. Take your time or less longer. Decompress time if you need to rest longer. And it's normal. If you feel sleepy, it's normal. So the only class where you can fall asleep is okay. <laughs> so, and if you stay, you know, I make sure, you know, turn off the video. I'm, I'm like, I don't know how I do it from here, but. <laughs> so, yeah, gradually and bringing your, the same leg towards your chest and organize yourself so that one hand is behind your head and the other hand is on your knee. And here now, if you zoom your attention to your spine, so that, you know, I'm going to say, probably lift or move the knee and the elbow towards each other. So you can think of, for a moment, this loop, you know, that this connection between your knee and your elbow. And what, what needs to happen with the spine and what kind of shaping might take place. And see when in your breath, what is your, your preferred way? When do you start lifting and connecting this knee and the, and the elbow? And could, could there not be a favorite, like moving more of the upper bodies and fixing the lower body, but be both. Like if, if both could move the same amount, if it was almost like a extremely um, like a distribution of effort where both moved. Yeah, beautiful. And then you rest in between each movement. It's like if you're doing this half asleep, And then again, exploring that movement again, two, three times, you know. Is sufficient. Yes. And the lovely thing is that the floor helps us clarify parts of the back and places that move towards the ground. Almost like working with a partner. And is your chest more supple when you exhale and you inhale? So you, you try it out. And then you switch your hands and you try the other. Yeah, version. You can, of course, rest between movements. Yeah, allowing for the need to move towards you and away as well, so it doesn't stay 
So the moving towards also counts for the moving away. So they're both actively. Yeah, great. And if this is a no-no to gay, again, there's nothing wrong about you for not doing this movement or, you know. Yeah, nice. Uh, I saw somebody taking a rest already. Great. Take a rest. There is also something with that kind of little edge of pain or discomfort that, you know, that to, to, to be, to work in such a way that you are not finding that edge. So what would that mean to do less, you know, in the folding or less in any way, if you discover any discomfort? So in a way, respecting that edge, you know, that rather than pushing through or just getting accustomed to feeling that little edge of pain, of discomfort. It's also an important practice in the sense that, you know, we're healing machines and our body is constantly, you know, in search of homeostasis or this balance. And if you were constantly kind of a bit naughty, you know, <laughs> kind of touching the edge of pain or discomfort, we, we create, we, we kind of don't let the body do its healing. So it's, it's nice to think, you know, and at first I was like, oh my God, this is being so lazy. Yeah. <laughs> because of my background in kind of hardcore dance training. Um, it was something I had to grasp, you know, this doing less. But as I told you, welcome I went to ES work for an injury, lab. and I, I saw such a huge, huge improvement when I kind of dared to do less in not even tempting a little. It's almost like a, a renewed trust that the healing, the healing process is constantly happening. Uh, I'm just talking all this because today um, one of you mentioned a hip discomfort. And I was like, okay, you don't even have to be injured. Just that discomfort to be able to listen to it and be...
How are you resting? How is your connection to, to yourself? Last thing before we move to the towels, and just bring your feet to standing and float your legs over your chest. And get hold of each knee. With The right hand holds the right leg, the right knee below the knee. That's it. And let the legs comfortably open so that you can lower the, let's say, the right leg towards the floor and roll yourself to the right. Kind of rolling side to side, something you might have done, you know. That's it. Then let the leg open so you just kind of trust that link with your beautiful, yes. So a little side to side. And some of you, so I'm just giving directions of what I'm seeing. Some of you are like starting this rolling with your eyes and your head. That's a, you know, an option. Sort of a cascading from the head. And others are kind of mobilizing the pelvis first. And it's a couple of variations that that are in the room, in the many rooms, I should say. <laughs> nice. You can let the legs be independent from each other so that the movement of one leg sort of links through the pelvis to the other. They can separate a little bit. They can come together on the side. And then rest on a side. That, that this, you know, some people are already on a side. Just rest on the side for a moment. And see what it's like to return onto your back if you did a little movement of bringing the knee towards the chest. So that top knee towards the chest. You're still holding it. So sort of like a, creating a little bit of that arc to roll onto the back. So profiting a bit from that arc motion. And then reverse, roll on that side again. Do a couple of times with that side. It's almost like a scooping up towards the chest to then let the knee come towards the ceiling and roll back. Yeah, a nice balance on the side there, Marie. I see you kind of a little on the side for a moment. Yeah, you can linger on that in-between. Something kind of interesting about, I say this because sometimes even how we roll out of 
the bed, it becomes a problem. <laughs> like, cool, cool, you know? It's like such a restorative thing, just rolling and and... Excellent. And then going to the other side. It's beautiful. I should not qualify any movement. <laughs> I want to say it's beautiful. <laughs> it looks even like chore beautiful choreography <laughs> or improvisation. So honored to see you move. Really beautiful. And yeah, go to the, the other side and exploring that kind of scooping that arc facilitates the rolling. Almost this roundness of the body. Like last week we had the marble lesson. It's really this unsquaring of the body in a way. Yeah, and then if you're on the side, you can slide a little bit the the leg away downwards. Yeah. And still holding onto your leg and you slide it a little bit on the lower leg so that the knee moves towards the ankle of the bottom leg. Almost like, hey, go away. It's like sliding downwards. Beautiful. Excellent. And you see that maybe this um, constraint, also questions about the neck on the first lesson, I, I tried to answer a bit on Wednesday and uh, further now, and I think they're so relevant to the amount of computer and screen. Maybe it can be a nice vacation for the, for the neck to be working with this um, strong link of the, the arms and the, and the legs. <clears throat> And at the same time, though, you know, we might be surprised. Oh, my God, I've been sitting. Why are we folding? You know, I'll be asking that question myself. But there's something about because of the grip, it helps sort of like release the back. And sometimes the release of the back comes before the release of the hip. So that we need to open the back. You know, you often like the hip discomfort is, is sort of... Um, backed up by a back tension. They're not often kind of side to side. So yeah, rest <clears throat> on your side or on your back.
If you are on your back, what is your contact with the floor like? And if you observe your legs, how they rest, your pelvis, same similar questions we ask at the beginning. The curvature of your lumbar, how your back connects to the ground, the side, the curvature of your neck, where your head rests. Where your head rests. And if you're on your side, it's lovely to sense maybe the breath and that also on your back. Breath is always good to bring attention to and maybe if there's a little more molding on the side. It's a beautiful when a dog or a cat, you know, that kind of molding or a, or a person we love or a child, the kind of molding that happens in an embrace or in a so, sort of also a molding towards the floor. 